With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The new refined seven-seat Kia Sorento. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Nutrien Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. This is Sports Day. And a very good evening, David Wildey and Jason Gillespie for Just Quality Home Improvements. If you want to get on the phone, one 736 736 or text us on 0427 154 And a hot topic thanks to Nutrien Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. Dizzy, how are you? Welcome. Wilds, thanks for having me. Really excited. Great, great to have you in. And while we are, we can give a score too. There is a, the first of the... Games in New Zealand. New Zealand uh, won the toss. They're batting three for 179. It's going to be a big score. This is in the 17th, or just started the 18th over. Ravinda made quite a good score too on Conway, also for New Zealand. Yeah, but the Aussies managed to pick up a couple of wickets in the last couple of overs, so that's probably just slowed the scoring down a little bit. You played at Basin Reserve in yeah, your uh, illustrious yeah, career? A, a, a long time ago, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely ground, and... Um, yeah, it's not very big. Believe it or not, the Crows played a, an AFL practice game, I think it was year 2000, went over there to right. um, Basin Reserve and we saw the, the big ships coming up behind <laughs> the, must be right on the harbour there, these massive ships behind the grandstand going above the grandstand. They um, they call it Windy Wellington, don't they, down there? It, it is, I was about to say that, yeah, it is very much the Windy City. Um, I, I remember playing games there where, uh, I remember playing a test match in Wellington when the bales just kept, flying off uh, the umpires forever putting the bales back on we, we actually took a drinks break once because just to let the wind die down wow. it was just so so windy i want to talk a bit of cricket with you mm. but um a bit of a melbourne footy club got a few issues and one particular big one joel smith he was caught or tested positive to cocaine but uh, now there's allegations mm. that there's there's more to it quite serious if involved in maybe moving drugs along i mean don't want to ever see this you wonder why they get involved but it's like anyone, they've got money, they've got time, they've got a little bit of space to do things. But let's hear from um, Andrew Dillon. And Andrew Dillon talks uh, if the illicit drugs code is actually working. The use of illicit drugs is a, is a societal issue and we don't shy away from that. We'll continue to educate. I think we were one of the first sports in the country to bring in an illicit drugs policy. And there are many players over that nearly 20 years that it's been in place who've um, changed behaviours because of that. So... On that, in that instance, yes, it is working. It is under review at the moment, and we'll continue to make sure that our illicit drugs policy is at the forefront based on the best medical and wellbeing advice that we can get. As Andrew Dillon, it's a tough one, Diz. You're never, ever going to completely stamp it out, and probably in sport it's far less prevalent than 
general society because they do get yeah. a lot of teachings in, in cricket, the the footy, they get schooled all the time. Don't do drugs, don't do this. It can wreck your career. So there's always one or two, and they have this policy about three strikes in the AFL and you don't get to know who's mm. whether someone's had one or two. But it's sad, isn't it, if uh, it can certainly wreck a career. If this, this is true, his career is done. Oh, it most certainly can. And I think Andrew uh, Dillon spoke about getting the best possible advice, uh, medical advice and the like. And I think they're, they're, gonna, they're reviewing their policies and, and programs, but obviously the health and wellbeing of players is, is absolute paramount. Um, are you going to stamp it out? I'm, I'm not sure, but I think education is the absolute key. Continue to educate uh, players in all sports. Um, to make the best decisions they can. Yeah, well, they say sometimes rather than alcohol, um, that's what the players go to for you know a bit of a bit of a high, and it doesn't affect the actual training. But uh, really sad. Max Gorn, uh, the captain of Melbourne, he's probably sick of answering questions. They've had Clayton yeah. Oller issues all over the summer. Yep. But uh, here's Max Gorn on the situation. I like to think I've got a good grasp on our group, and um, we've had an unbelievable summer with the turmoil we had over in September and October with the losing the finals, and then. Um, some articles in and around Octo- Octo- October, but I'm incredibly bullish that we've got the right, the right, the right culture. No culture's ever fixed. I know Track said this heaps. Um, we're always working on it. In terms of the actual drug culture that the expression's been used, I go back to that original comment. And, and until someone tells me that the hair tests that we have done are proving that we're a drug culture, that's the only marker that we have. So in my 10 years, no one's come and told me that our club has a drug culture. So I'm going to go by that. Yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? I mean, West Coast Eagles had their issues with Benny Cousins and yep. look what happened to Ben. But some clubs never seem to have any. It, it, I do believe that like Sydney have had a wonderful culture over the years. Yep. Uh, we haven't seen any real trouble from the Crows or Port Adelaide, but some clubs it seems to to stick around. What What's the situation in with cricket uh, and drug testing and, and, and warnings to all the players coming through? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously the performance-enhancing drugs, Um those are done regularly. Um, you know, we'll, we'll turn up to training sessions or that, and we have the um, guys there. The, the, they're all there, ready to go with their uh, clipboards and, and nominating the players that have been drawn out of the hat. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah. Is it a society issue? I, I, I don't know. Um, well, I must live in a cape because I've. <laughs> Don't think I've the, ever seen drugs. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm the same. I'm back the in the same. old days, um, you know, the the back of the parties would be a few guys smoking marijuana, but I've never seen. Yeah. Don't think I've ever seen cocaine except in movies. Yeah, I'm the same. Or tablets or whatever they pass. <laughs> no, I just, yeah. I think I, they I think bypass you, us. I think you and I have lived under lived under a rock, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Although you you talk to any kid now, and yeah. they say just go down to the a local pub if you want it. It's there. They seem to know. Oh, uh, no. A lot of kids just take uh, the tablets rather than um, you know getting drunk yeah. and things like that. But anyway, hopefully mm. it works out, but doesn't look good for Joel Smith. No, I, I thought Max Gorn spoke very well there, and I mean he, he's always coming across to me as a as an impressive person, yeah. impressive leader. It speaks well, and it looks like he's got a lot of respect at the Melbourne Footy Club. So I mean, I, you, you have to take his his word. You know, I think um, you know until. They, you know, proven otherwise, yeah. you know, that they don't have an issue. New Zealand three for one ninety two at the moment. Look, a score well over two hundred. By the way, they're going still with nine balls to go there. Um, yeah, Melbourne. Um, I think the only way you can get past this is is to win games. It doesn't eradicate the problem, but it does get you back on the right track and and bit of positivity rather than all this negative yeah. negative uh, publicity. Yeah, you know, I just wonder. They probably 
can't have the season come uh, quick enough. They just want to get out there, get on the ground and start playing some good footy. And uh, hopefully these issues can, can all settle down. And um, But it, as I said before, I mean, the health and well-being of the players is, is absolute paramount for me. Hey, tell us about the uh, the summer of cricket. The, yep. the strikers, um, they came from the clouds. As I told you before, to your <laughs> face, that I'd, I'd had the last rights for you and the, all the players and the selectors and everyone. But uh, then I got on board very quickly. Uh, the the Shield, uh, it seems to me you've been in, in a lot of games, but a lot of results haven't gone your way. Yep. And I often judge the season about have players improved? If you look at your squad, let's say 14, 15 players have played. How many have improved? How many have stayed the same? How many have dropped back? And I reckon if you can have more improvements in your players, mm. you're on the right uh, in the right direction. Yeah, we certainly feel there's been development, improvement. Um, it, it's it's hard for me to sit here and say to you our batting has improved because statistically we would probably say no, that hasn't progressed. But in the 50 over, it's been good. But but the 50 <laughs> over game, the our batting has been, our average score has been over 300 oh. this year and we won one game. Yeah. And um, Our bowling could have been a lot better in, in the one-day space. But then you flip it over in Sheffield Shield cricket. Batting hasn't been quite where we'd like it to be. Um, whereas our bowling, I mean, we've got our you know five fast bowlers that, that we've well. used this year are, are all average of four wickets a game and at least four or five wickets a game and um, average about 20 with the ball, striking a, a, a wicket every 40 balls. So that, that's that's excellent bowling and, and disciplined bowling. And we've just got to marry it up and, and all facets of the game uh, show progression, which we've progressed with the bowling. We've progressed with our fielding. We put a lot of emphasis over the last 18 months into our catching in particular behind the wicket. Yep. And we're catching the, the most um, in the competition, so, which is great. So picking the right guys, um, it's you know I know you've recruited from interstate, which is great. McSweeney's been a, certainly a tick. Mm. McAn- McAndrews had a, a wonderful year. Yeah, he you say thirty nine wickets or something like he's that. He's got thirty seven wickets. Wow. Uh, this season uh, at twenty, um, he, he's been fantastic. So what do you need? Is it a is it another solid opening bat? Somewhere at the top of the order for your batting just to make the biggest yeah, score? Yeah, look, the guys that have played probably haven't scored the runs that, that they or we would like. Um, so top order batting. Um, you know, we, we've had... We've found this season that our middle-lower order um, batters have been the ones scoring... Getting scoring out of trouble. D- d- decent runs, yeah, and make competitive. But we've just found that we, we just need to, you know, before this last game, obviously, we selectors decided to to shake up the batting order a little bit. There was uh, one forced change with Henry Hunt suffering that horrific oh, yeah. injury. Yeah. Um, had his surgery uh, yesterday. So, How'd that go? Yeah, really well. He's... Um, yeah, he's got uh, got some uh, got some metal in his head um, for the next little while, um, but just to with his jaw and, and and the like. But and the uh, ball just broke through his hands, did it? Yeah. So, so he was actually he was at mid off, and Tom Rogers from Victoria hit the ball really hard, really flat and hard, and and Henry was positioning himself to take the catch, and his right foot just oh. slipped a little bit, and then that put him off, and then the uh, put him off uh, kilter, and then the ball slipped through his hand and went straight into his. The bottom of his nose, the top of wow. his lip, and um, yeah, it caused significant damage. And um, you know, it, and obviously his health and well-being was at, at our forefront of our minds. Um, it was quite a scary moment because yeah. there was a lot of blood, and uh, it hadn't didn't stop bleeding for over two hours. So it was yeah. a it was a significant injury, Awful. and uh, and we're just glad that surgery was a success. And you know, he's going to be sipping through a straw for a few weeks now, but um, but he's he's okay. 
Thought you're stiff with a strikers. Your best three players are probably Head, Carey, and Khan. If you can, if in the past you didn't yep. have any of them really, Carey, I think played maybe one game or yep. or two games. But it was an incredible finish. The way you started, I honestly thought you'd be in the bottom two. Yep. Then you changed the tactics a bit. The spinners, um, Boyce came on, and Lloyd Pope comes back on the side and match yep. your bowls. It was that a was it? How did that tactic come? Or well, the, the tactic came. We were uh, after six games. So we'd had washout first game yes. against the Heat, which we got a point for. Then we we won a game against the Thunder, and then we lost four in the bounce. And it just got to a point where our tactics strategy wasn't working. Our um, our fast bowlers probably didn't weren't quite firing. Yeah. We just we just felt we needed to take slow the game down and, and take a bit of pace off the ball. And, and Boyce did that really well. Didn't he? Boyce did that wonderfully well, but we 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 only had uh, him bowling leg spin we had Darcy Short with some spin but he's very much part time and we had a couple we had Matt Short, Matt Short and Ben Menenti's off spin we just felt that leg spin was going to play a role and, and you have to be sometimes have to be brave and be bold and we knew that from that moment on every game was a finals game and so Lloyd Pope um, we recruited him we got him in as a local replacement player so not actually on our list and um, you know I, I had some grumpy fast bowlers it must be said Um they, they, were, they were disappointed, but they, they understood why we were going to try something different. But players just want to play. That's the, that, that's the way it goes. Everyone just wants to play. They're disappointed they're not. But, um, but the, the, the change in strategy um, uh, worked, and, and we got on a roll. Because our, our top order batting was, was, was going really well. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, so, so that, that was, it was bold. And uh, you know sometimes it, it takes a bit of bravery to... And make those calls, and it could have gone the other way as well. But yeah. we just felt we had to try something. I said nothing personal. I take that back. What I said, <laughs> "It's all right." Uh, mate. You got some text there, Sam. We got a text from Milo in Mount Gambier oh, just Milo. off the back of our discussion uh, earlier in the week as to which teams are hot and which are not. Mm-hmm. I've updated the old footy adage for the new age AFL preseason hype to add February fantastic to the traditional March champions. And April Fools oh. from Milo in Mount Gambier. So well done, Milo. Milo. We're going to break uh, KG. This is going to be interesting. He's been in, inducted in the SA Sport Hall of Fame. He, he's in everything. Old K. He's a wonderful. You know, I know he's you know him well. Diz. Oh, he's a legend, and uh, what a wonderful achievement. And long overdue, I would have thought. Yeah, and you were saying all the cricketers in your era used to love speaking to the great KG yeah. Cunningham. Well, yeah, absolutely, because. You, you, you got interviewed by Ken, and you'd feel like at the end of the interview, he'd pumped you up so much that you felt like you could run through a brick wall. You certainly can. <laughs> He's there for Lumo Energy, Australian-owned and supporting communities. Join Lumo Energy today for Bright SA. Uh, lost in the wash thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. And the new refined seven-seater Kia Sorento, Kia's largest SUV, available at your nearest Kia dealer. We're going to take a break. Uh, back more shortly, and hopefully also going to New Zealand just to... New Zealand have completed their innings. They made about 215 or something, and they're 20 overs. Is it enough? We'll find out shortly. The new refined seven-seat Kia Sorento. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Nutrient Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. Sports Day SA, David Wildey and Jason Gillespie filling in for Dan Menzel for Just Quality Home Improvements. Experts in roller shutters, plantation shutters, outdoor blinds, artificial lawn and roof restoration. 
Now for the good stuff. This is some good stuff. Don't go away. Listen to this. We're talking to Jason Gillespie. Get to the good stuff with Budget Car and Truck Rental. If you're moving house, use the team that's easy and affordable. Budget Car and Truck Rental, 132727. Dizzy, during the break, I asked you if you where did you start work, how many jobs you've had. And <laughs> you floored me. You said you've only ever had one job apart from cricket. That was as about, I think, a 17-year-old. Um, uh, tell us about that. Yeah, I worked at Pedro's Dollar Pizza at Door Park. It's, it's not there anymore. It was on Goody Road. Um, so I delivered pizzas, yeah, for about a year. And uh, I'd get, for an eight-hour shift, I got 50 bucks and I had to pay for my own fuel. So by the time I spent 20, 25 bucks on fuel and, you know, not a lot managing left. my car, I was actually uh, paying to work, really. So. But free pizza? <laughs> much pizzas you could eat or not? Yeah, I got in a bit of trouble. Uh, <laughs> I, I, the, the owner, someone sometimes caught me going into the uh, fridge and... Um, just eating food and stuff, but um, so but no I, other job bar cricket, all forms of cricket since coaching, playing, whatever. It's all yeah, been it's all, always been involved in the sport. Yeah, yeah so um, yeah, haven't really had. Uh, I've always been involved in cricket, really. And the other great story too, and I've heard this was <laughs> legendary or not, your folklore or whatever. But you're a sixteen or seven year old playing D grade cricket, seeing between D's and uh, a C grade, and yep. you you just thought in your own mind. You'd play for Australia, and you, and you told a few people you play for Australia, yeah. and they're looking at you. You're like, kidding? Something wrong with you? Exactly right, Wilds. And it was just, um, and that was probably the light bulb moment for me. I, I always had this, ever since I was a young kid, like I dreamed of playing for Australia, and and even in the backyard, I'd, I'd play cricket, and you know, p- people would say they, oh, you're in the backyard, Australia's West Indies, yeah. and, oh, I'll be such and such. Dennis I'll, Lilly, I'll, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll, I was always me. I was always, <laughs> no, no, and I say that because no, no, I, like I pictured myself actually being I'm in playing. the team with these guys, with you know bowling with Murph Hughes or bowling with Dennis Lilly. Oh, I, I, that you was, were part of the lineup. I was part of the lineup because I, I believe that one day that's my destiny. That's where I want to be. And it's incredible. And, and so when I was sixteen, seventeen, and um, I remember being at Adelaide Cricket Club and just mucking around at training, and you know the subject got on, you know. Just had you know banter and chat, and I just said I declared one day I was going to play for South Australia by the time I was nineteen, and I was going to play Test cricket by the time I was twenty-one. And all these lads just started laughing, laughing at me, and and that yeah, was it is. That, yeah, that, exactly right. Yeah. But that was my light bulb moment because I believed it, I could sense it and feel it. I knew I could do it, but I had to change because no one else could see what I could see or feel. Yeah. So that was my moment to just go bang. The stuff I, you I, I'll show I, you. I've got to. I've got to train hard. I've got to bowl faster. I've got to. I've got to be stronger. I've got to be fitter. I've got to improve. I've got to get better. And no one's seeing what I feel. And uh, so that that was Incredible. the big moment for me. Yeah. And you went from C's to end up in the A grade that year. Well, the final game of the season. Obviously, the A grade were out of out of finals, and um, so I got I got picked. And uh, yeah, the, my my late father was uh, actually on the selection committee because he was still he was sort of playing batting eleven and not bowling in the E grade, and uh, he was just there as a, like almost a manager, and he was listening in on the selection chat, and he kept saying, "No, no, he's, he's too young, he's not ready for that." And uh, after my first over in A grade cricket, I had one for none against Woodville, and. Uh, Dad apparently turned to mum and said, I'm never getting involved in his cricket again because uh, I was wrong and, and all that. And it just went from there. And the rest is history. The rest is history. And your, your pace went up really a lot from what uh, you were bowling? I was actually just, just running in harder and because I was playing D grade and C grade and I was literally just running in and just bowling the ball on the spot instead of actually trying to bowl fast. And I'd had a lot of injuries in the past as, as a kid. 
Um, and then yeah, just ran in and decided to bowl quick. Great story. What a wonderful career you've had too. And we're going to go to New Zealand shortly too. Speak with Andrew Ramsey. New Zealand making 215 uh, from their 20 overs. Ravindra, he's a wonderful batsman, 68 he made. KG Cunningham too, thanks to Toolkit Depot. Members get trade pricing. Sign up today. Uh, lost in the wash thanks to Nutrien Egg Solutions going further for Australian farmers. And also just quality home improvements. Uh, the open line... 1-300-736-736. Jason Gillespie is our guest too, and uh, great to have him. And he might, Dan Menzel might be out of a job tomorrow too, but we're going to take a break shortly. Andrew Ramsey talking T20 cricket. The new refined seven-seat Kia Sorento. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Nutrien Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. Dizzy Gillespie, our guest tonight, and David Wildey. Uh, time now, though. We're going to New Zealand, and New Zealand made three for 215 and imply Aussies none for four. And Andrew Ramsey's one of the great cricket writers, too. And Dizzy's written a lot of books. He um, has. I looked at some of the uh, on today on a fantastic writer for Toolkit Depot. Become a Toolkit Depot trade member and get trade pricing every time you shop tools. Andrew, welcome. How are you? Uh, well, thanks, David. How are you going? Nice to speak with you. Um, I know you've always been a, a um, wonderful cricket writer, but you going from a bank teller to writing all these books and that, your life certainly changed a few years back. Uh, yes, yeah, I'm not quite sure. Sometimes I do wonder about the career direction, but um, <laughs> when you're sitting here at the in a, a near full house in Wellington, it's probably not a bad decision overall. And and before we look at this, you've done a lot of tours. So I was saying to Dizzy, if you if you wanted the job, ever wanted the great job to tour with the Australian cricket team around the world, and you've done some of that, it's that's uh, you sort of slap yourself and pinch yourself. Uh, you've been to a few interesting places um, and seen a few strange things. Perhaps nothing. Stranger than Dizzy making 200, <laughs> which he may have mentioned somewhere in the past. I always try to find a way to get, get it in it there, in. Rambo. You well, know he that. Did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always lead people in. But uh, Rambo, what do you make of the Australian side that uh, went out to, for this match? Is it what you would have expected? Uh, I think that there was a bit of conjecture about whether Steve Smith played, um, but I'm just not sure if they can figure out where to fit him into this batting line-up, to be honest. You know, established guys, Trav and David Warner at the top, then Mitch Marsh at three, Maxwell at four, Tim David at six. It's really only that kind of number five spot that maybe would have taken. Um, and then you've got the the big three quicks coming playing together for the first time in more than a year in this format. So uh, it pretty much picks itself. Um, I think the only change they might look at is Matt Wade, who's not here because he's uh, waiting or has just welcomed his third child. Uh, yeah. He's joining the touring party on the weekend, so that might be the only obvious swap him for Inglis. Um, but whether Smith can find a way in, I guess we'll probably learn over the next three games. And what about Spencer Johnson? Has there been any talk around the camp that he may get a get a game? Yeah, Mitch Marsh uh, said in his media conference yesterday that everyone would play at some stage. They're going to try some people in different positions. So Spencer, I think, didn't play. Some people going to play this one. Only arrived here yesterday. It was a late call up for Marcus Stoinis, who was uh, with a back issue. So he'll get a run at some point. I saw him kicking the football before the, uh, the game. I know he kicked a hundred goals for Flinders Park back in the day, <laughs> he and he did. was in reasonable nick with the with the Sharon. So um, 
if he, if he doesn't get a game of cricket, he might bring the, the Australian Indigenous game over here. Andrew Ramsey, our guest. Andrew, I was talking to Dizzy about Travis Head. Seems like he hasn't played for a long, long while. He made the pair in Brisbane, had the, the big score and a couple of low scores after his magnificent World Cup, but uh, he's three off seven, but it seems that ages since we've seen him bat. It's been a funny old summer for Trevor. Like he had that, the highest of highs with the, the World Cup over in India and then the 100 in Adelaide in the test match against the West Indies. Then, like you say, missed out in Brisbane and I think they decided they'd just put him on ice for, a, for the remainder of the Australian summer, um, get him right for not just this series but the two tests that follow and he's obviously pretty crucial to their World Cup plans because this is the last official T20 they play before that World Cup in June so they're trying to bet down this opening pair and um, interesting to see how he goes. He, like you say, he hasn't hit many cricket balls. I think he's hit a lot of golf balls in the last few weeks, but whether that's yeah. going to help him, I'm not sure. That seems to be that this Australian side uh, under Andrew McDonald and, and Dan Vittori, they seem to play a lot of golf, Rambo, don't they? Uh, we saw it. It's a, it's a feature of basketball in England. The England players would race through training and then they'll grab their clubs and walk off to the course. So whether they've taken a leaf out of their book. I know Andrew McDonald likes to say that it's... Uh, it's not just golf, it's time on feet, so it's good preparation for a, a day in the field. But when you're spending longer playing golf than you are in the field for a T20 game, I'm not quite sure if that stacks up. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're very keen. They've played at least three rounds. They've only been here since uh, Saturday, so they're, they're, they're squeezing it in. And, and how did the Australians bowl in that first innings? I mean, obviously the uh, New Zealand got 215. It actually looked like they were going to score a few more runs there. Yeah, I thought they might have finished maybe 20 skinny. Um, it's a funny ground that's very short sort of square of the wicket. Um, although I heard one of the New Zealand players say it's not this small that it's a match that they load, but it just feels smaller of a square boundary and it's it's a builder of a pitch. Um, so when they were going with Devin Conway and uh, Raj and Ravindra were on hitting them everywhere, they thought they were on for you know, 230, 240. Yeah. But um, the, spinners, the spinners clearly struggled on this. I think uh, then Maxwell went for 30-odd of his two. Adam Zampa went for at the same rate to his three. So I think with the spinner's pitch, um, there might have to be one of those banging back of the length as the ball gets a bit older. and um, We not, might not see much of Mitchell Santon, whoever else was going to bowl spin for the Black Cats. Andrew, you wrote a book, The Wrong Line, and the, it's got a tie on the title, What Happens on Tour Sometimes Needs to Be Told, Not Stay Quiet. And once again, are there as many characters in cricket these days I know the money's massive than perhaps even 10 15 years ago we seem to have a lot of you know from Warney to just about the whole Australian side I think even someone like McGrath in his own ways a character and Dizzy but there seem to be I don't know a lot of robots Steve Smith Labuschagne Hazelwood what's your thoughts uh yeah it's a different era and I think the thing that's really changed is social media there's just no getting away from People following yeah. you around and taking yep. photos and shooting videos of you, and uh, so you have to become a little bit of a guarded person, I think, when you're you have your public persona, certainly. Um, and they, they get a lot of media training now to make sure they, they don't say anything. They'd like to encourage them to show their personalities, but I think you know, social media feedback is so savage if you put a foot out of line or utter a wrong sentence here and there that they just become very, very cautious. And I reckon that's probably a large part of it, to be honest. There'd be no dirt on Dizzy, though, would there? He's always a clean-cut sort of guy. 
no, he was impeccable. I, I, I can't remember anything that he could ever... Just had a dodgy haircut, Rambo, didn't I? Well, I remember once in the streets in Birmingham where just being by the new bottle of hair colour. Uh, I, I didn't realise that. I just thought it was all natural. Up that. that was a bit confronting for me. <laughs> hey, uh, Australian number 13 chasing 215. Just quickly... Uh, as well as cricket books, the basis of everything, um, probably a bit over my head, but where, where did that come from, you're writing non-cricket stuff? Uh, yeah, publishers who published the cricket books wanted to do a, a book about these uh, two, well, Australian and New Zealander who were involved in, I guess, the Road to the Atomic Bomb Project. So, yep. you know, Ernest Rutherford, who was from here in New Zealand, he's the guy who first split the atom and, the teacher and mentor to Mark Oliphant, the former governor of South Australia, who was integral in the Manhattan Project. Didn't get a mention in the uh, Oppenheimer movie, I noticed, Mark Oliphant, so that was a bit of a, a disappointing omission. But um, I thought to myself, how hard can I think to write a book about uh, the atomic bomb, given that I failed fourth year physics at Nuriupa High School? Uh, yeah. But I soon found out it could be very hard, but very enjoyable at the same time. I tell you, I, I stood on the, where the bomb dropped, went to Hiroshima in Japan in December, very sobering there with the museum, and we're right on the spot where that... It's incredible, really, what happened. Thankfully, I haven't seen one since. No, well, that's right. There's people who argue that you know, the bomb was going to bring an end to you know, global wars, and they may have had a point there. There hasn't been a global outbreak since World War Two, but um, sometimes we feel like we're not far away from it. Yeah, Andrew, thanks for the chat. You've written some great books. You're a great cricket writer. Really enjoyed it. And uh, thanks for having a chat with us today. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Rambo. Andrew Rambo Ramsey there from Basin Reserve. None for 21. Heads now 16 off 11. Very, very sort of uh, streaky early, I suppose. But just starting to find his mojo and hit a couple of boundaries and he's away. Yeah, hopefully this can be the start of a very good innings. 16 off 11. Warner still 5 off 6. Uh, slow start uh, for the Aussies, but it, it's a small ground, as, as uh, Andrew Ramsey mentioned. Uh, very small ground. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, how the Australians... Australians bat deep. Matt Short's at oh. 7, so you know, they bat very deep. It's, um, yeah, New Zealand play their conditions, but I've always felt they... Punch above their weight. Well, there's only three million people. I think three and a half million people mm. in New Zealand, and they're always competitive in most sports. Mm. What is it about the Kiwis? Do you, you like the Kiwis, Diz? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think what I what I've noticed about uh, New Zealand sports people, I think they they prepare well. They're very well researched, and and I certainly know their cricketers prepare very well. Uh, leave no stone unturned, and they train specifically, train train really well. So it doesn't surprise me that they, I suppose, punch above their weight. Okay, just seen a six. I think Warner might be away. Was that Travis Head again? But uh, just seen a six there. Australia, number 27, head 16, Warner 5. That's off three overs. Time now to speak to one of South Australia's absolute legends. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SEN SA. Yeah, Diz, you're going to speak to one of the legends of South Australian media. He's the biggest I've seen. He's been in it for five decades. A good friend of mine and a good friend of yours. For tyre power, think safety this Feb. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Tyre power, helping you drive safe this summer. His name's Kenneth George Cunningham, and he joins us now. Hi, Cage. How are you? 
Hello, world. Gee whiz, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm in trouble tonight. Two, two great men are talking to me. What's happening? Well, we saved today? Dizzy an... for you, <laughs> just particularly for you with your, your cricket background. But let's let's start, though, KJ. I know you're probably the most modest guy I know. I'll put you as, with Barry no, Robin no. as the two modest men. But uh, you have been recognised and you're going to be put in the South Australian Sporting Hall of Fame. This is on the back of you got the Media Centre down the Adelaide Oval. I know that was a a massive honour, but when they rang you to tell you, what was your first thoughts? Well, Wills and, and Des, I, uh, I was gobsmacked. Uh, uh, I, I thought it was a hoax call because, as you will mention, <laughs> I've been... <laughs> no, I did. I, I thought it was a hoax call and I, I had to regain my composure and a lovely lady on the phone said, no, KG, it's not a uh, hoax call and she described to me what, uh, what they wanted to do on the... I said, look, uh, uh, Leah, her name was, I don't really deserve this, Leah. And she said, well, it's not for you to decide that. It's, uh, it, it's the panel that uh, yeah. says you do. So, But but, but look, Wills and, and Des, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm overawed, really. I'm, I'm so grateful. I, I feel so honoured. But it's it's not about... Sorry. You're right. Don't lose it. It's, it's, <clears throat> it's not about me. It's about KZ. It's about my family. Yeah, I couldn't have possibly done what I've done if I had the best fam- didn't have the best family in the world. And you met my wife, Rude. Oh you yeah, know what yeah. She was like. No, Sandra, no, well, yeah. Sorry, I, I, I was going to compose Ken, yeah, I, I, I couldn't have done it without the family. And I'm not talking out of school, but you told me this a week or two ago, and you said you, the proudest thing is when you're gone, and same with the media centre. Your, your name's yeah. going to still be there and your family and your grandkids. I know you love your grandkids and, and your own children. They can then take the benefits of what you've done. That means more to you than the honour yourself. Well, Wills, that means the world to me because, it, it, as I said, it's not about me, but as you mentioned, when I'm when I'm long gone, when they can walk into the Adelaide or, or Sport Estate and see a picture of, of their pop, uh, I, I just hope they feel proud because... Uh, I'll be upstairs or downstairs watching, and uh, I'll, I'll be chuffed because that's the important thing to me. It's 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 what they've given me, and and hopefully I'm in some small way giving them some uh, some things to look forward to, guys. Ken, you you have always sold yourself uh, really short. Uh, you are an absolute legend of of South Australia and South Australia media. I mean, I think forty seven years. Um, Oh, what do you say about that? Any any specific highlights that you can share with us in your time? Obviously, radio, TV. I mean, the list goes on. And is anything that stands out for you? Dizzy, the, the whole box and die stands out to me. I got an exemption from going to school when I was twelve, when I was going to Goodwood Tech, because I had this speech impediment. It was called a stutter in those days. And I had some senior kids at, at the technical college come behind me and mimic me. <laughs> and I said to mum, I'm not going to school, mum, anymore. And she, she said, she used to call me boy, my mother, my beautiful mother. And she said, boy, you've got to go to school. And I said, I'm not going. And she said, well, you come with me to my local doctor to come cut a long story short. I went to the doctor and he said, Mr. Cunningham, young Ken's got a serious problem. I'm going to make contact with the education department, which he did. And they, in turn, after they, they, they talked to each other, I got an exemption from going to school when I was 
twelve years of age, and Gee. if somebody just wow. and Will said to me then that down the track I would have a career in radio and TV for over fifty years, I would have said, "Hey, you're a lunatic. That's so, not going to happen." But I've been I've been so blessed, and to answer your question, every second, every minute of of my life on radio and TV, I've loved every conceivable minute. Yeah, and now to receive another award which carries my hometown name, South Australia, is magnificent. Ken, can you share with our listeners a little bit about working with David Wildey? Because he was just telling me off air that <laughs> that, that you guys had called eight hundred games together uh, of football. I thought that, yeah. that's an ex- that's yeah. what equates uh, about two and a half years. Wilds of my the... life. Yeah, I can't get it back. This. <laughs> <laughs> what's it, what was it like? What's it been like working with Wilds over the years? Well, Dizzy, that, that's a very good question. <laughs> I, I've got to say, when I was <laughs> when I was calling with Wilds, we had the best time of our lives, travelling the interstate, you know, doing two or three games a week and having an absolute ball. We we were naughty at, naughty at times, and not so much me, Will was naughty at times. I, you know, I had to keep, keep, keep him under control, he got out of control a few times, but, but they, they, were, they, were, they were wonderful, wonderful days, and days that, uh, that I'll, I'll never forget, again, uh, as I've said many times, I've, uh, I've been absolutely blessed to be able to do the things that work. Well, I've always, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not blowing these trumpets, uh, but there's no doubt in my mind that the, that the best caller of AFL football still today, now that Dennis Committee and Bruce have gone, it's David Brody. I've said that from day one, not because I'm talking with you now, but I'm amazed that Channel 7 or one of those major networks didn't pick wheels up because he knew when to get up, he knew when to get down, and, and he, he knew to when to be uh, emotional. And that's, uh, that's what calling for is about, no question. He's Starting. a great man. I love him. Thanks, Cage. I love you too. You know that. Um, Muhammad Ali, Greg Norman, the interview oh, you started God. in 1975, <laughs> you know, didn't know what you're doing, no. um, interviewing people all around the world. Um, you've had some amazing one offs, haven't you, like that? And uh, I, I look in. Well, well, you're right. Like Muhammad Ali was at his prime when I was at, at 5DN in the 70s, and we chased him with my producer. I reckon for a, a period of three years, every time we, we, we got to him, he was out doing something or had gone somewhere. And I'll never forget the time that we got him. I was in the studio at three o'clock in the morning with my producer, waiting on the phone. You know, I'd been there so many times before. And he said to me through my headphones, KG, I think we may have got him. And suddenly I froze. Then I'm going to talk to Muhammad Ali, the biggest thing in, 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 yeah. in world sport. And he said, I think he's coming, KG. And, and, and I was an absolute nervous wreck. And then suddenly on the phone, he said, Muhammad Ali talking. Well, goodness gracious me. I, 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 I don't know how I opened my mouth. My mouth was dry. And, you know, I did not know what to expect. But that interview went for 25 minutes. He was so giving, so warm, and it, it, it was the best interview that I've ever had the good fortune of doing. And when he died some years ago, we replayed that interview. That was one of the, the real highlights of my life. But, 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 but my highlights have been 
doing what I've been lucky and lucky enough to do for so many years in life. I, I just am so grateful. Yeah. Unbelievable, Cage. And, um, you know, you talk about your family now, and I know your grandkids and, and Sally and Scotty and, and the late Sandra, Sandra yeah. Beard, but your mum and dad, you've always had a an affiliation <laughs> with your mum and dad. They'd be so proud. And I know you buried your Australian cap with your, with your father. Um, you, yeah, if they could see what the stuttering kid that got kicked out of school at 12 went on to be, that'd be shocked, yeah. I'd imagine. <laughs> well, they'd, 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 they'd be more than shocked, Wilson, and, and there's because... <laughs> Well, that's where that's where my life started. We, we I lived in the West End of Adelaide. Then we went to a little housing trust commission estate, which was we lived at number nineteen Aldridge Avenue, Braville. It's now called Plimpton. The house was only demolished about three years ago. But I had the best mother. Her name was Thelma Jean Estella Fort. That was her maiden name. My dad's name was Kenneth Stanley Cunningham. They used to call him Barney. He played football for Brunswick in the Parklands. But, 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 but that's, that's where the foundation started for my life. Because when, when I was going to school at Ascot Park Primary School, Mum would say to me now, and she used to call me boy. The only time she called me Ken was when she was cross. And when she did that, I nicked off real quick. So I, knew, <laughs> I knew what was coming. But she used to say to me, boy, uh, if I'm not home when you get home from, from school... There's a cheese and tomato sandwich in the fridge. There's a glass here with Milo in it. All you got to do is tip the cold milk into it. Yeah. And look, we had no money, but what we had, and what I remember, we had warmth, we had love, we had fun, we had care. Every everything you could think of that is important in life today, and they were the that was the foundation with me and my sister Deanna that I grew up with, and I was taught from a 12-year-old. Yeah. I can remember mum saying to me, now listen, boy, if someone does you a favour in life, there's a debt to repay, to make certain you repay it. And she used to say to me, boy, you'll go through life, you'll make many acquaintances, but you'll be able to count your real friends on one yeah. hand. And I've lived by that, and, and that, 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 that what gave me the lifestyle that I've been able to live now with, with my grandkids, my kids, and, and my late wife. Well said. KG for Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. Just quickly, KG, a word about the late, great David Hooks you worked with for a long while. You worked on your own first, all on your yep. own, then Hooksy came along, and, of course, your wonderful yep. relationship with Cornsey. Well, you know, working with, with, with Hooksy, I, I played against him. And I can remember when, when, when I was a, a bit of a big head, this young kid, David Hooks, was making all the headlines of how he was going to be and, and, and this and that. And, we, and I, was, I was captain coach of Sturt, and I said to my players on the Thursday night, now, when this young bloke comes out, we were playing West Highlands, when this young man comes out to bat, no one speaks to him. Don't even look at him. Don't even blink. Let me handle it. <laughs> so he's come out to bat, and I've brought myself on to bowl, being a big head. And I've put a couple past the bat, and I'm going to follow through. I said, listen, son, you're with the big boys now. You're with the big boys. How about using that thing you've got in your hand? And I've gone back, and I'll never forget it. I've gone back to the top of my bowling mark, come in and bowl the next delivery, and he's gone, Psst. 
smashed. <laughs> he smashed me through the covers. And he's come through on his follow-through. He said, listen, old man, if you continue to bowl that so-and-so, the next one won't go into the fence. It'll go over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Cage, just quickly, because we're nearly out of time, but Cornsy, wonderful relationship there too. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Wilms and Diz, because Cornsy's can be different. But I'll, I'll say right here and now, he saved my radio life when Hooksky went. I didn't want to work with him. I said to the boss, no, he's intelligent, he's opinionated, he writes a great article. On the other side of the microphone, you've got me, who's a, who's a, an emotional, mumbling, stuttering idiot. It won't work. It won't work. It's a recipe for disaster. And David Whiteman, the boss, said, just give it a month. Yeah. It's been 30 years. So <laughs> I don't know why it's worked. Cage, one, one, and I, I used to say to him, one, when he got cross with me, I used to say to him, now listen, listen, stud, I've been with you for nearly 30 years, longer than you've been together with your three wives. <laughs> Cage, we'll leave it on that note, mate. Well done again. You deserve to be recognised. You're the greatest I've no, seen no, in the no. media. Well done once again. Yeah, I love you, Will. Good on you, Dizzy. Uh, Dizzy, go to the Redbacks, son. I love them. Uh, absolutely. Congratulations. KG, what a what a fantastic guy. Just to finish, here's a quick community update. Thanks to Firecoat, be alert and prepare this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with South Australian Country Fire Service. Uh, visit cfs.sa.gov.au. This community update is thanks to New Firecoat, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions available at Bunnings Warehouse. Dizzy, great night. Thanks for coming in. No doubt we'll do it again shortly again. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me, mate. Bye for now. The new refined seven-seat Kia Sorento. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Nutrien Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers.